Hello and welcome to this episode of Teachers Talk Tech, a podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment for language teachers by language teachers on using technology inside and outside of the classroom. My name is Hayo and our guests today are Kevin Dudney, Director of Consultants E, and Jasmine Silver from the Language Research Team at Cambridge University Press and Assessment. Kevin and Jasmine, welcome on the show. Hi, it's nice to be here. Hi. Lovely to have you with us today, both of you. Um, Gavin, I'm going to start off with you. Um, what are digital literacies and digital competencies, and how have they changed in recent times? F fantastic to start off with such an easy question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so... As you've just pointed out, we've got a couple of little bits of terminology here. The first, digital literacies. The second, digital competences. And I think a lot of the people use those interchangeably. Um, and we also see digital literacies coming in the kind of overarching picture of what has become known as 21st century skills. So I think they're all part of a similar picture. Um, For me, digital literacies are a, a natural extension of our old school skills. So when I went to school, which was um, longer ago than I care to remember, uh, we used <laughs> to talk about the three R's in, in, in the UK and the education system, which were reading, writing and arithmetic, um, um, only one of which actually starts with an R, but there we are. Um, and, and, and as our use of technology has developed, we've, we've seen this need to develop that concept further and to ensure that people are comfortable using technology can use it to their benefit and also use it safely so um, you know, when I first started training teachers to use what was then just called the internet back in 1996 um, we quickly identified some needs that people had one of the major needs was to be able to search effectively and then as the internet grew to be able to not only search but filter those results so that they could quickly get to what they wanted to go to and in those early days of digital literacy we taught things like search skills and um, you, you'll remember the concept of netiquette you know of how to communicate oh, yes. politely online and all those were kind of the basics i think the, the beginnings of um digital literacy but we've been through a lot of developments since then we've been through what was called web 2 or web 2.0 We've had the introduction of social media. The, the web and online has become much more participatory, so people are not only consuming things but also producing them. And so that initial set of skills has expanded, I think, massively. Um, so we have new things, which are development of old things. So, for example, um, in, the, in a book that I wrote, we talk about hypertext literacy, which is kind of an extension of reading. So reading, for example, for language teachers and students used to be a, a very simple concept. We gave them texts, they read them, and then we did things with them. But reading on screen is a more complicated thing because reading on screen tends to be multimodal. We have audio and video, we have advertisements, we have links to 
things within text. And so being able to navigate a text online requires a different level of literacy to being able to navigate a piece of text on a piece of paper or in a course book. Jasmine, how do you and your colleagues incorporate this notion of digital literacies into the, for example, the materials that you create? Yeah, so we incorporate digital literacies in a number of ways. So firstly, and maybe not surprisingly, because we've done this for a long time, um, is through the topics that we teach. So we will have um, topics around technology, which will um, draw on these ideas, uh, some of which that um, Gavin's already mentioned. Um, so, for example, we might have a reading text on digital detox, so that's related to well-being um, online, um, and then we would have discussion prompts so that students can really explore these these areas of digital literacy while while they're learning English. Um, but also, we want to more and more now draw on the skills of digital literacy as well. So many of our activities will now prompt um, much more use of, of digital technology and being critical about that. So, for example, doing a project um, online using um, research that, that students need to do um, online and, you know, prompting them to think critically about that information that they're getting and how to know whether that's um, reliable information and what kind of decisions they should they should make about that. We have um, a newly published digital literacy framework, which is part of our life competencies framework. And we use that now when we put together new courses to incorporate it throughout those, those units of our text, textbooks. So you're really embedding it throughout the materials that you produce as one of the... Yeah. And we'll put a link to that in the, the notes for the show for a long time now and perhaps in recent years ever more so. Um, teachers as well as parents and communities at large have raised issues, concerns around, you know, you mentioned earlier safety, uh, Gavin, security, privacy, uh, issues around um, fake news um, and so on. And the, the idea of developing in learners critical literacy has been put forward as a possible way of, of responding to that. Uh, Gavin, can, can you very briefly tell us what is critical literacy and, and how, how does developing that look in class? The first one is our ability to use technology safely. The best we can do, I think, is awareness raising in this area because a large part of spotting something like fake news relies on a, a big world knowledge, an expanded world knowledge. So engage, um, engaging people with media and text and picking them apart, helping learners to see the warning signs and getting them to ask critical questions about what they found. Is the person who wrote this an expert in their area? How do we know? Do other people refer to them? Are they cited in reputable journals? Do they work for reputable companies? What are their affiliations? You know, do their opinions fly in the face of conventional wisdom? Does their website or profile mm. tell us something about them? I think it's teaching people to ask the right questions rather than teaching people what is right and what is wrong. What are some ways, some practical ways in which teachers can integrate all these ideas into the language classroom? 
I think if teachers are using materials that don't already um, integrate uh, those skills, there are some nice ideas actually in our activity card, which are part of the life competencies set. So we have some for young learners, teens and adults, um, and these can be used alongside regular English course books. Uh, So for example, after a reading or listening activity, you can use these cards to bring out some more digital literacy skills in in more of a a small kind of little and often approach, I guess, to, to digital literacy. So that's a really nice way, I think, for teachers to start if they haven't got a lot of materials um, already. So, for example, there's an activity in there um, called Format Swap, where students listen to a text or they they read about a text on any any subject and after they've they've engaged with that the teacher asks them to think about how they might rework that content in in that text into a different digital format so how would you make this this listening text into an image or how would you make it into an infographic or a podcast or a website yeah so that's a, a nice example of of one way that you can you can add just a little activity on top of, of something that you're doing already. And Very nice. And so these resources, just to clarify, they're not specific to a particular textbook. They're not tied in. They're more like general resources that teachers can draw on to complement whatever materials yeah, they're using. Absolutely. They're not tied to a particular right. course at all. You can use them with, with any, any course, really. Gavin, any suggestions for teachers? I really like Jasmine's suggestion of little and often. I think that really works. What we do, and certainly um, tend to encourage teachers to not make the technology special. I think one of the big mistakes we've made in teaching over the years with technology is to kind of otherize it, you know, set it apart from everything else we do in class and, and make it into something special. What we try to encourage teachers to do is to have a not only a language aim for the classes that they plan, but also a a digital literacy aim. A typical example might be looking at, I don't know, the present simple as a language aim, and then our digital aim might be fake news or how to spot fake news. And so what we do is, it's one of my absolute favourite activities, it involves sending students to um, fake websites but not telling them that they're fake, ostensibly to gather some language <laughs> nice. information. My absolute favourite website for this is called the, the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus, which is about this creature, the, the photographs of it living in trees and things like that. And, and what we, we do is, in this activity, is we send them off to collect some information, which they're then going to use in a language activity, which could be, I don't know, making a poster, making a video, you know, making a fundraiser video for the poor old Pacific Northwest tree octopus. And, and, <laughs> and once we've done that, we then go back and add a, a second dimension, which is, what did you think of the website? Did, did you think it was true? If not, why not? And, and, and by doing that, we get the chance to teach them to look at a website critically, which they may not have done the first time round in the, in the language or information collecting activity. Similar to your tree octopus idea, I've had a lot of fun over the years sending innocent students to The Onion, uh, especially those that are unfamiliar with the, <laughs> this particular website. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier, Gavin, um, having you know language aims for a class and also having, for example, digital literacy or critical literacy aims. How would teachers go about assessing something like that? Is it even something that needs to be assessed? 
uh, most of the time we don't need to assess them because our primary aim, I think, is to help people learn languages rather than looking at whether their digital literacy is improving. That said, uh, I'm a big fan of self-assessment in this area. So using reflective questions or awareness raising questions after an activity. Absolutely right. If teachers do want to set up some self-assessment or or teacher assessment, um, they can use uh, things like frameworks to to help them build rubrics. Um, so, for example, we have can-do statements um, for different ages of learners, so from pre-primary to adult, and they can be a starting point. You don't have to stick to them rigidly. Um, you should always adapt them to what what you're uh, teaching at the at the time, but they can be good starting points to build up a rubric for teachers or for students to self or or indeed peer assess their their peers as well. Listeners who are interested in developing their own teaching skills, their abilities in this area, Gavin, what do you recommend? Where where should they start if they're new to this? Mm-hmm. One of the things to do is to actually get involved online um, in a critical way, obviously. Join communities, the fantastic online communities of practice, one called Learning Together. And I think they're a great place to meet like-minded people and to learn from them. One of the things that I think often works is to encourage teachers to think, as I've mentioned already, is to think of things they like doing with their technology in their real lives and then kind of try to visualise how that could move into the classroom. And a lot of times that, that really works. I think experimentation, find out what other teachers mm-hmm. are doing in the area, try it out yourself uh, and then see how it works and refine and reflect You know that circle of development, of, uh, particularly of a community of practice, is talk about things, try them out, reflect on them, refine them, talk about them again, you know, this kind of process. So for me, it's about people, talk, you know, getting to the right people, joining a community and working at your own kind of comfort level of, of development to do it. And, and learning together and learning from each other, with each other, through each other. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jasmine, any further suggestions on how teachers can further develop their skills in this area? particularly like the idea of working with other people. So um, we know of some schools that are, are taking frameworks from our life competencies framework um, and and they're, they're using those in the school for teacher development to discuss them together, to come up with ideas based on the framework. You can take them together um, and discuss together with other teachers in your school or perhaps online about how you might use these, uh, talk about successes of when, when things have gone well or equally when things haven't gone so well. To round off the conversation, Gavin, do you have for us one piece of invaluable wisdom from all your years of teaching and supporting teachers that you'd like to pass on? I'd like to talk a little bit about um, the first COVID lockdown. And the people who were most successful were the people who used the technology to carry on doing what they were doing brilliantly and I saw one class which I will never forget and it was a young woman teacher in Poland she was on a unit about food she was stuck in her apartment everyone else stuck in their apartment she took her laptop into the kitchen and she cooked a stir fry while she did her lesson and ate it as well which I thought was a a brave secondary move but it was an absolutely magical and engaging class so my piece of advice is start small (laughs) 
work with a colleague if you can and keep it simple i love it keep keep it simple share our stories keep it human and everything will be okay gavin and jasmine thank you so much for joining us you're both lovely and um, we'll see you in the next one <laughs> thanks thanks very much Thank you for listening and check out the other conversations of the Teachers Talk Tech podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment.